The bandwidth for this episode of the AR-15 podcast is sponsored by the Firearms Radio Network. Firearmsradio.tv Welcome to episode number 108 of the AR-15 podcast. I'm your host, Reed Snyder, and with me tonight are my regular co-hosts, Anthony Hardy and J.W. Rand. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. The show is for you, whether you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years. There is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. Well, in addition to our regular co-hosts, we also have a uh, new uh, special co-host, Sarah Ramp, who's uh, decided to make the rest of the listeners aware of the fact that Yes, JW does have a better half. He's not all grizzly bear. There is someone in the world that loves him besides his mother. And, of course, we have a special guest tonight, Jason Kearns. Uh, he is the firearms manager over at Mega Arms. And, Jason, you've been on the show before. We really enjoyed having you. That's why we let you back, because we love you. Again, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure. The pleasure is mine. Well, I want to remind the listeners that we spoke uh, with uh, Jason last year before SHOT, and then we caught up with uh, Jason at SHOT Show, where he uh, showed us uh, in person some of the remarkable things that Mega Arms has been doing to innovate in the firearms world. Of course, uh, I'm sure many of you listeners recall the um, basically the megalithic upper, the, uh, is it the... IT, no, MTS, right? Megalithic. Yes, tactical system with the ILS. Correct. ILS. You got it. So, you know, basically, that was a remarkable step forward in firearms, I guess, manufacturing with regard to the idea of a unibody upper, a, you know, single piece upper. And I think you guys really kind of hit it out of the ballpark, didn't you? We did. It was a good seller for us in 2014. Uh, we're, we're pleased to bring that style of upper back to the market. Um, we have a quad rail available now for the quad rail lovers out there. Uh, and then we also offer, we still offer one for the Ma 10 for the 308. So that's a good platform. We'll continue to sell that. Well, that's outstanding. Well, before we get too far into the show, let's start out by making sure all of you understand that it is Brownells who helps make this show possible. So don't forget the Brownells with their 100% lifetime satisfaction guarantee is there for you anytime you have a problem, like when you can't remove the taper pins from your new barrel to slip off the front sight base, and now you have to find a new barrel. So we'd like to remind you, when you shop for your AR-15 parts, do so at Brownells. And to get there, you can go to ar15podcast.com forward slash parts. Uh, we also want to remind the listeners that we are going to have a listener meet and greet we are, in fact, going to have one. We'll be hosting it. JW is going to be buying all the drinks. No. Hey, 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 hey. Not all of them. He's just going to buy one for me. Uh, and it's going to be Tuesday night, January 20th in Las Vegas. That'll be the first night of the SHOT Show trade show convention. And it's going to be at the Bellagio Las Vegas at the Petrosian Bar at 8 o'clock p.m., that is. So uh, we've got a link in the show notes. Head on over there. You can uh, see where all of that is. And uh, if you are going to be in Las Vegas, come on out. 
we have uh, five uh, show patches to hand out to our first five uh, dedicated listeners. You know who you are. You're the guys that make it all possible. So we'll see you there. These are very limited edition patches, too. They are never to be done again. No. There's like (laughs) ten in the world or six in the world or something like that. So, Jason, big things happening over there at Mega Arms this last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We moved. Um, That's something we've been planning for quite a while. Uh, You know, in in our prior facility, we had two different uh, manufacturing uh, um, sets, if you will, under the same roof, uh, Mega Machine Shop and Mega Arms. And uh, two uh, fledgling businesses, you know, on the upswing. Um, and, you know, it was just about time for us to, to find our own manufacturing facility and continue our path forward. Um, and with the removal of our CNCs from that manufacturer, hey, they were able to go ahead and purchase some and, and, uh, and, and maneuver forward to, and bring more products on for themselves, too. So it's a good thing for both businesses. Uh, it is under the same ownership for both businesses as well. So both are growing, and uh, it's both a good thing. Well, before we get too far... I know that some of our, our diehard listeners probably have a very thorough understanding of what Mega Arms is all about, but can you paint for me a thumbnail sketch of, of who Mega Arms is for the, the consumer that's you know, just begun to listen to the show, maybe doesn't know very much about the industry or about the pro- products that you manufacture? Absolutely. I'd be more than happy to do so. Mega Arms is, I, I kind of tout it as the handmade car. Okay, um, we spend a lot of attention to detail. That's kind of our motto here at Mega Arms. Is, um, just the, the quality and the fit and finishes. It, it, it's what we do. It's what we breathe. It's what we're, what we're about. Um, we started AR production as far as receivers in 2001 was the first time that we actually started making AR receivers. And, you know, and that was actually for an, a couple other outfits other than Mega Arms. Um, you know, from then to today, I hold over 70 different variances. The ATF has said, okay, you can make over 70 different people's parts. So, um, you know, people come to us for the quality. Uh, they come to us for the manufacturing prowess. Um, we are ISO 9000 certified. Uh, we do a lot of Boeing, a lot of aerospace, a lot of um, wind tunnel projects, a lot of, um, you know, different, you know, custom one-off, um, you know, aerospace parts that really don't make it into um, – uh, production, if you will, more of a, um, a test bed, if you will, uh, wind tunnel type S type things. Um, so that's kind of, you know, our base at Mega Arms is from the aircraft industry. So we take that code, we take that conduct of high tolerances and, and really super tight tolerances and bring that over to the AR platform, whether it's the AR-15 or the MA-10 or 308 platform. What you'll find is a really tight tolerance, upper to lower fit, that's going to work for you, regardless of the situation or the circumstance you put your rifle or weapon in uh, for a lifetime. That's what we guarantee our our products, uh, 100% against manufacturer warranty uh, uh, for life. So that's just a little small thing. What we do, we do lowers, we do uppers, we do triggers, charging handles, um, handguard platforms like like you want to mention the MTS. We do an MKM platform, so uh, we pretty much let you, the the end user, choose how you want to build your rifle. We don't really state that it, it needs to look this way or you need this barrel to go in your upper. It needs to be proprietary. 
put anybody's barrel that you want in our upper receivers. That's what we guarantee for you here at Mega Arms. If you were going to tell us what your bread and butter is, where would you go? What is that going to look like, your bread and butter? Our bread and butter is our quality. Um, I mean, I really can't say anything else other than that. You take our product against somebody else's, and I hate to be big-headed when it comes to this, but you will tell a difference. You will. T- I mean, our receivers spend as much time in the hands being worked, whether it's through flat files, whether it's through straight-edge quick burrs, uh, uh, belt guns, um, no matter how the, 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 the tool that our machinists use to get that lower or receiver to the best of their ability, um, it's definitely our quality that shines, um, and, and it's evident in, in the product that we put forward. So quality was our bread and butter. You know, I, I have to admit that after handling your rifles, I, I, I can't recall um, before or since holding anything that really kind of uh, adheres to that, that, that ethos. The, there's, there's just something you know, pristine about the, I think it was the uh, megalithic copper that I held. Just something pristine in its, its, its manufacture. So well, not, I'm not, not going to attest to that part. Well, not, I mean, the first thing that you see is the anodized finish that we use. Um, we really strive with our anodizer to make sure that they're putting the best quality uh, effort forward with our products because there is that quality standard that we meet here at Mega Arms. So uh, we definitely have chosen an anodizer that uh, puts that next step, um, you know, for us, uh, at, for the anodization process. If, you know, when you pick up our product, you want, hey, this feels great. It looks great. Then you notice our deburr work. You notice that all the lines are even. All the edge breaks are are, are, are similar, or if not all even as well. Um, there's no sharp edges. Um, there's no scratches. Dings are dense. Um, you, you just you know, quality starts to come to mind when you pick up our products. Um, it's just that's just what we do, and that's what we instill in our our machinists. Well, you guys have done an absolute wonderful job. I want to touch on real quick about the the move that you guys have made. So, when you make a move like that, are you having to shut down any of your production, or do you carefully orchestrate that so that it's as non-disruptive, or do you just bite the bullet, do it all at once? And oh my, just just hearing the M word move kind of made my (laughs) head hurt a little bit more. Um, It was done uh, very methodical. It was done in stages. Um, and we, uh, we got the building in March or April of, the, of 2014 and we just started to, you know, after we, um, got the building, we started the upkeep. We had to build, um, a QC room, um, you know, for our ISO 9000 certification. And so we got all brand new CMM equipment for it. Um, and also, um, we, we started to, manufacture uh, rooms within a room. So it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a move in ready building. We actually brought our facilitation into the building. So we had to have, you know, make sure we had somewhere for our, our sand blast cabinets, um, our room for storage, room for uh, shipping and receiving, um, and, and, and a lot of upkeep to the, uh, even the, uh, uh, the internet had to been sped up here. So a lot of money and a lot of time and effort went to all this. Now, when you, uh, when you made the split, did you have that moment in time where you realized that, you know, you got staff that are kind of working both sides of the house and you have to either 
send them here or send them there, or was there always a really solid division between the aerospace side and the firearm side? Uh, there was a, we were always split as far as Mega Machine Shop and Mega Arms, so we even had you know separate uh, uh, not only personnel but certain uh, separate payroll. So we have we had our own set of uh, uh, employees, and they have their own set of employees. So uh, we made sure that everybody that uh, uh, was with us stayed with us. Uh, we didn't lose one employee from the move, even though it's an extra half hour drive for most. So uh, it kind of says something about us running the business, uh, as well as what they like to do, and, and they actually love doing what they do. And they decided to move down with us. So that's pretty awesome. So it sounds like you guys took a lot of care to make sure that this was as it had the least amount of disruption to the business that it it could. Yeah, and we made sure we had the least bit of disruption for our, our, our end users, our, our, our clientele, our customer base. Um, you know, cause, you know, there is a handfuls amount of, uh, of, of OEM customers I do work for. So my first concern was making sure that they weren't going to be put out by our moves. So I made sure that I ran X amount of parts ahead of time that I had actually had them in stock, um, before the move. So I wasn't going to put them out or even put out my um, distributors with my own product. So um, it, uh, it's, it's been a, uh, a definitely a learning curve, if you will, but uh, it, it worked out for the best because now I have uh, all the room in the world to add more machines or to add more uh, um, uh, work in the future if need be. Well, it sounds like we need to send some people to you when it comes to logistical support if need be. <laughs> you have been able to figure out how to get it done. Well, I mean, you know, having an, an 07 FFL with a Class 3 SOT, uh, you know, we had to do things methodically. So when we started to move machines, hey, which machine, machines are we going to move first? Uh, well, which machines can we move first? So we moved the machines that facilitate our upper receivers first um, and, and started to kind of break down timelines. Okay, holidays are coming. What, what else are we going to move? Um, we need to make sure we have the rigging, we make sure they have the trucking, make sure we have an FFL to uh, um, actually support lower receiver manufacturing. I mean, you can't even have lower receivers in the building without a federal firearms license. So we made sure we were all up to code and legit before making the final moves. I tell you what, that is a Herculean task. I do not envy that it was placed on your shoulders. <laughs> um, we had some help by... Uh, a gentleman named Jameson, and a big bottle of Advil. Uh, so, uh, we did the best we could at it. But, uh, hey, uh, we, we learned a lot about ourselves and our uh, facilitation in the process. Well, that's, that's an important thing. So now that you've uh, kind of got a whole new outlook on what the future is going to bring you with your capabilities and your possible expansion, uh, that leads me to wonder if you'll share with us um, how some of those capabilities have uh, led you to some of the new products we're seeing in your lineup. And I, I guess specifically, let's let's talk about the uh, slide lock charging handle. Oh yeah, the slide lock charging handle. I mean, this is this is new for us, and, uh, and to, for 2015, I just literally sent the first 200 out today. So uh, they are out there, and you sh you should see them probably by week's end. Um, our AR-15, our slide lock, uh, SL-400, they're out first. Um, the slide lock charging handle is, it's basically an answer to a problem that's not broke. The slide lock charging handle is, is pretty much latchless. There's nothing to catch on your gear. 
Uh, it's a real ergonomical charging handle. It's lightweight. It's billet. It's 7075 T651. So it's strong. It's robust. You're not going to break this charging handle. Um, and, and I mean, all it, it runs off is just a little spring and a lever. And all you have to do is pull it either from the right side or left side. There's no latch that you have to grab and depress first. You just grab the charging handle and pull it. It's going to work for you. It's going to work for you every time. It's not going to damage your upper receiver. It's just a great product, and we're pleased to offer it. So what you're saying is those of us that are correct-handed uh, are going to be able to use it. Just I'm right. I'm right. I'm I'm right. I'm right-handed, and, and and I mean every time I show this charging handle to somebody, they're like, "How come I didn't think of this?" Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a product we've been working on since right around late 2013, early 2014. We have a patent pending on it, and I actually have a example, you know, of, of, of a slide lock and a weapon. Uh, forgive me if I make a little extra noise, but I mean, one hand, you can open that thing up. I mean, it's just a great, great charging handle. Um, you'll find it priced really, really, really competitively um, versus some of our other ambidextrous competitors out there in the market. And, uh, here in about a month or two, you'll also see us offer it in the 308 version too. So if you're going to offer one, you might as well offer them all. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's the slide so, lock charging um, handle from Mega Arms. And that that doesn't require any special um, parts or pieces to go into an existing AR. Absolutely not. Just put it in your upper. Oh, sweet. Now I'm I'm going to have to tell you, Jason. Anthony is our newbie on the show, so. That, yep. That, that Hey, everybody's got to be one at, at some point. That's right. So, um, Jason, you've got some barrels. Now, I, I listened to the episode when you went on to uh, Gun Guy Radio. We're talking about your new barrel offerings, but uh, since obviously we weren't important enough to, to give that oh scoop, we, we'll take a, a, a second run at it. Why don't you tell us about the barrels you got uh, coming out through uh, Mega Arms? Well, in 2014 at SHOT Show, we dropped, uh, uh, we've, we've already had a line of 308 barrels, um, and we've expanded on that a little bit here at Mega Arms for 2014 and into 2015. Um, 2014, we launched a 5.56 barrel, um, at first in a 16-inch and an 18-inch 18 18-inch configuration. Uh, we're along the lines of 5.56 barrels where we've, uh, um, we're, we've got a 14-and-a-half-inch barrel coming out, and uh, we've got a 10.5-inch uh, 5.56 barrel coming out for all the SBR guys out there. Um, and we're also going to offer a, a, a 300 blackout in 16-inch and a 10.5-inch barrel in 300 blackout as well. And uh, last but not least, and one of one of the ones I'm more excited about, I have a 6.5 Creedmoor 22-inch uh, barrel that will be uh, you know, dropping uh, hopefully before the first quarter of 2015. That sounds pretty mean. Now is the is the Creedmoor the one that's based on the 308 or is that the Grendel? Creedmoor is a 308. Um, so you're going to put that in a Mod 10 then, right? Absolutely, and and it's, you're looking at the same bolt head and the same mags that are used for the 308. So again, just like a 300 blackout is to the uh, AR-15, it's just a barrel swap. Absolutely. So on the uh, on the 300 blackouts. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me um, what um, length gas system are you putting on them and what barrel twist rates are you putting on them? Reed loves this stuff. You're going to make him so happy. <laughs> the, um, the, uh, the, the, 
the twists are one in eight for the blackouts, and the um, um, the um, you know, sixteen inches carbine gas with a carbine seat, and the ten and a half inch barrels of pistol. Okay, what do you think, Reed? So, um, did he make the right choice? Well, I don't know yet. I, I need to shoot one of his barrels. I, I, I have to tell you that I got an 8-inch uh, 300 blackout barrel with the 1 in 7 twist. Yeah, that's putting a little bit more uh, putting a little bit more twist on something short. Um, yeah, yeah. We went with something a little bit more contemporary for now. I just shot one uh, on Friday full auto, and it was holding a pretty good group at full auto. Good, so, good. So, and suppressed, so I was impressed. That's the only way to shoot it for groups. I mean... Well, right. you think you think yeah. about what I just said, full auto. So yeah, it held a good group for full auto. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the uh, handguard business is something that I think you guys really have been doing good work in. But you've got a couple of enhancements and modifications in that regard as well. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to start off with the. Uh, Whichever one you you want to talk to our listeners about first. Well, uh, first and foremost, we've got uh, you know we're going to expand on a product. Um, so we're going to expand on on our MKM product, which is our two piece setup. So you know, much like you've seen from us in the past, uh, our MKM came in only a, a key mod configuration, and uh, now we're going to launch our MKM M lock style. So just like our existing uh, product, you'll have a two-piece handguard to upper fitment. Uh, but what we think is just absolutely awesome and how we got this to work out, it, the, the look of these M-Lock handguards that we put out for the MKM series, they're just outstanding. Um, so uh, those that like our MKM series of handguards will love the M-Lock version that's out there. So, Let me ask you know. a question about that, uh, Jason. And I, and I don't want to put you on the spot, so tell Please me don't. if I'm stepping out of bounds. We've got M-Lock. We've got you know the key mod. Of course, we have the you know old-fashioned proprietary. Is there a point at which you say this is a standard we're willing to adopt, or is it more about okay, we've got people asking for it, so let's fulfill their yeah. desire? Yeah, well, you know, we've made up, we've made, um, um, how can I say this in proper terms? Um, you know, we strive to, 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 to meet everybody's needs. Uh, whether it's a, whether it's a gentleman out there or, or a lady that wants to use, um, M-Lock over Keymod, well, we're going to have options available for them. I mean, look at, we, we even put out a quad rail MTS. Because the need was there, I started to get a lot of emails come in first by quad rail megalithic. Okay, 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 we'll put it out. Um, and, and my answer is simply, why not? Uh, uh, you know, we'll have an M lock version, we'll have a key mod version, we'll have a quad rail version, we'll have a modular version. So, um, as far as which one's better, I will not get into that. <laughs> well, and, I, I, I do know, have an opinion. Yeah. I do, I do have an opinion. I'll just leave it to my opinion. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think, and, and also, I think a lot of times it's preference. It's how far you're deep into the the schema, and you know, yeah, I understand all that. I wouldn't want yeah. you to. to yeah. That. I mean, they're they're accessory rail attachments, and 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 both 
definitely do their jobs is doing that. Um, our new M-Lock uh, configurations just look damn good. Um, right. When you see them in, in person, you're just going to absolutely fall in love with them. Yeah, it seems like some people think that all you got to do is type in a couple numbers on the CNC machine, and then you can change over production from EMOD uh, yes. to M-Lock, but uh, I imagine it's not quite that easy. Uh, just like custom serial numbers too, huh? <laughs> yeah, go right over your green button and press go. <laughs> and magic parts come out. So, yeah, I mean, you've seen some manufacturers kind of bet the bank on one or the other, and they haven't really made that leap to be, to support both. Right. Um, so I think it's saying something that you've got both product lines and th- that they're ready to go. And looks like we got somebody making some extra noise here on the mic. <laughs> Restrain him. <laughs> Keep him away from the Tactical papers. kitty. Yeah. Nice. Um, I was I was looking at those MKMs though, um, just running some numbers, and it looks like my 308 can is an inch and a half. And your AR10 rail is inch and three quarters, and your AR15 rail is just over an inch and a half. Yeah, it's and actually so, one point. It's one point six zero. So okay, you won't have any problems fitting something integrally in our MKM or MKM. Yeah, you see a lot of guys doing, and yeah. the way that you guys sell your stuff, kind of piece by piece, you could really do that. You could buy a big long rail, and then whatever length barrel you want, mm-hmm. slide it underneath, and then. Mm-hmm cover up the can. Yep. So, I mean, up, up to this point with our uh, MKM and our MKM M-Lock series, we've extended length has been 14 inches. So, coming up for 2015, we're going to do a mega extended. So, that'll be around the 15 and a half inch range, 15 and three quarter inch handguard. So, those guys that really like to get long out and tactical, hey, we got something for you too. There you go. Now, I, I hate to I have a 15-inch handguard on one of my rifles. Yeah, well, hey, then my <laughs> my, my Mega Extended is going to be Mega for you. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, so listen, we got, the, the next hey, handguard that you guys mentioned to us is something that really kind of piqued my interest with the way that you uh, described its engineering. Well, so, I mean, um, something that uh, we've also been asked about for a long time is, what about a standalone handguard? How come you haven't? you know, created a standalone handguard. It's always proprietary, proprietary up or proprietary handguard. It has to fit together for me to buy it from you. Or it's all one piece. How come I can't just buy a standalone handguard from you? So I I bring to you our wedge lock handguard, only from us at Mega Arms. This is uh, one of three in existence that utilize 7075 T6 uh, aluminum. So most handguards that you see out there in the industry are 6061, which is 40% weaker than 7075. So this is a very lightweight, robust handguard that is straight. It's true. The manufacturing is absolutely phenomenal because I see it every day. But what's unique about this handguard is we're we're utilizing a titanium barrel net. So it's a very lightweight barrel net. it's a very tight slip fit to the handguard itself. But what even is even more cool about this handguard, in my opinion, and I believe it will be yours too, is we're actually utilizing a wedge system. So what you see here is the wedge system that goes between the handguard and the titanium barrel nut. Now what it'll do is when you tighten it up, it'll bring the wedges together together 
and create pressure on the bottom portion of that barrel nut, tightening up that system. Uh, when we were in test and development of this unit, we actually grabbed a, um, one of our chainfall cranes in our old facility and put started to put weight on a pallet and to see when a breaking point was. And this, we were underloading the wedge at that point to see when it, when and if there was failures that we couldn't replicate a failure with just the wedges coming together up against the bottom of the barrel nut. Um, and then we got a little bit trickier, started to pull trucks with them, et cetera. So um, it's very robust. Um, it also has um, two little cap screws at the end. So you'll find um, a little groove cut in the barrel nut so you can, and drive in a, 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 a little cap screw just, you know, for your own sanity. Put them in with a little bit of Loctite. And uh, we think these are absolutely awesome. I can't wait to show you in Vegas in a week. Oh, that does sound great. You know, but, I, I've got to tell you, every time I've seen screws that are supposed to clamp your, your handguard down, I keep thinking that at some point they're fatiguing that aluminum. And yeah. just the way that you described that, just it sounds like, uh, I don't know, uh, something remarkable in the, in the whole shift in the paradigm of how to match those up. Yeah, it's, it's uh, we've got a, a few uh, pretty good um, uh, engineers here at Mega Arms, uh, some really bright minds that kind of came up with this system, uh, and, and then just kind of playing with it in its early stages and see if it had, uh, uh, you know, if it was going to come to fruition, and it did. I mean, you know, just small parts and, and, you know, ordering small extrusions to see if we can machine a barrel nut that would link up to this thing and, and hold the weight that we were going to claim. Um, and, and the first thing you're going to see when you see it, you're going to say, how do you tighten that thing up? And when you see it and it's so streamlined, um, it's an absolute work of art. And uh, um, it, it, it's, again, you know, we're the third people in existence that uh, that offer a 7075 handguard. I mean, everything you're seeing out there is extruded 6061, which, you know, is 40% weaker than 7075. So you're getting strength, you're getting rigidity, you're getting, uh, you know, accuracy. Um, uh, we think you'll love it. Well, you know, it's that, it's that combination of finesse and... I don't want to say durability, but it's just it's the finesse and the power in what you put together. I mean, you you finesse something that is just you know possessed of these incredible traits like that strength, that uh, strength in the metal, strength in the connection, strength in the barrel nut. I mean, I, I think it's a it's an incredible marriage, and I don't think you see enough people focusing on that. Yeah. You know, obviously there's a price to pay for that, but you know. You don't get European engineering buying something no. out of Detroit. No, absolutely not. Well, you'll get something good that's out of Detroit, but I mean, nothing like yeah. what you see here. I mean, I mean, we could have went after a sixty sixty one hundred, but why? You look at all the receivers that we make. Do we make anything sixty sixty one? No, we don't. We go right after seventy seventy five. We go right after billet, even though we do forge some forge, but you know that. That um, you know, that's that's a marketplace that we definitely have to 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 play ball in. But I mean, you even look at the material for the barrel nut. Could we have went aluminum? Yeah. Could we have went steel? Yeah. But why not? I can do titanium and still be price effective. I mean, even our wedges itself, they're black nitride coated. Could I have got them black oxided or could I got them phosphated? Yeah. Could it cost me less? Yeah. But is nitride, you know, a better 
resistance? Is it a better corrosion resistance? Is it going to hold up longer? Is it going to be better for you, the consumer? I think so. And, you know, I mean, just from the simple materials that we use, and they're not simple, um, but just from the materials that we use to bring this handguard to you, we definitely reached out to the best that we could uh, to, to bring you the best product we can possibly bring to you. So that is our wedge lock handguard for debut at SHOT Show 2015. Outstanding. Well, there is one more thing that you uh, put on your list of goodies that you wanted to talk to us about that uh, really I don't think anybody has ever seen on a Mega website before. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what that might be? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I was hoping to, to get the cat out of the bag at SHOT Show, but uh, um, I'm going to go ahead and let it out for you today. I was authorized to do so. Uh, Mega Arms is getting into the chassis system market. Um, we've collaborated with another individual, uh, and, uh, and just to kind of bring, um, you know, that portion of, of that weapon system into our house and kind of make us, even though we are all here well versed of all weapon systems, uh, a chassis system is something that we don't want to just, you know, reach into the market. We want to excel and take it over. Um, our chassis system has, uh, a couple different patent pending uh, portions of it. Um, we call it the Sentinel, and I'll actually show it to you. I built on a full rifle. You've probably seen it behind me. Um, so this is our Sentinel chassis system built as a full rifle. For those of you in audio land, um, this is a Remington 700-style bolt gun. And it does not look like your grandfather's deer rifle. This is definitely not your grandpa's Remy 700. This uh, this barreled action is actually from Northwest um, Custom Actions. Um, they're an outstanding company up here in the, the great Northwest. Uh, just unreal, un, un, unthinkable accuracy uh, out of this rifle. Um, but something else, this rifle does and we can claim is we actually have tested this rifle to do what nobody else has done. Um, basically, this chassis system does not require bedding. And uh, I mean, all you snipers out there are like, oh, no, you've got to bed your chassis. You've got to bed your chassis. Please don't. Please don't. And I'll tell you why. And that's a couple of the portions that we have that are pending inside the chassis that I cannot get into yet. I'll just let you show them. I'll show them to you at the SHOT Show. Um, we've actually took this rifle out and uh, shot groups with it. We shot uh, around a, a .30 group at it, out of it consistently. Um, and then we removed the barreled action from the chassis. I mean, totally removed it. Um, reinstalled the barreled action and held the same group with no POI, no point of impact change whatsoever. After installing a barreled action back into a chassis, yeah, after it was removed. I don't think anybody in the world can claim that. I think that's remarkable. Absolutely. And I, and I will tell you, I've got a, a Model 700 that I refuse to even change any of the positions of the screws on it for fear it's going to, you know, ruin the magic of my rifle because yeah. it shoots so well. And I just cannot imagine yeah. the engineering prowess that goes into a, a chassis where you can just take it out and put it back, and it's going to be right where you started. A lot of what went into this chassis is simply taking the machinist aspect of 
fixturing, okay, and bringing that over into the world of the chassis system. Um, once I show you, you'll kind of get it, and you'll get it real quick, and it all has to do with the recoil lug. But um, it's just an, a work of art, this chassis. Um, we think that, uh, you know, some of the claims that we're claiming are big, but we have a video series coming up that we're actually going to prove it. So we actually have GoPros that are stationed not only at the target, but at us, the shooter, and the, um, and the armor that is on bay, um, on the, in the bay with us. And we're actually going to shoot a group without moving uh, the GoPro or the target, shoot a group, remove the barreled action uh, while still being filmed, put it back in and, uh, and uh, uh, utilize our torque sequence and uh, put, put rounds back down range and, and not move uh, point POI. So, I mean, I don't think anybody in the world can claim that. And that's another innovation just from us at uh, Mega Arms. Now, now, Jason, tell me, a chassis system like that, when you bring it to market, are you bringing it to market for a law enforcement military uh, segment, or do you look at that and say there is room in uh, commercial markets for this product, so we're going to make it available there as well? Again, it's you know Mega Arms and the other uh, uh, the other partner that we're we've paired with, Killer Innovations. Uh, I mean, we're both manufacturing these. And um, you know it'll ha it'll bear both our logos and both our marks on the, on the chassis itself. Um, and any market that it, that wants to purchase it will be welcome. Um, you know, I, again, it's the chassis that are not serialized; the, the actions are. So right. you know, I can sell these just as well as I can an upper. So again, uh, I, I welcome all all comers for this chassis. Now, when we get our hands on it at a shot, are you going to have any sort of release timeline or pricing information for us? I will definitely have pricing information, and uh, release information will probably be the first quarter. I should have it out in the masses uh, early spring. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else that you haven't told us about that we should tune in uh, for uh, a shot show roundup? Um, you know, there's there's a, a, a list of things that we have on our to-do list for 2015. Uh, I can see by the next time we ha we have a sit-down for our next podcast, I'll, I'll have another list of things to show you. Um, right. But, right. but I mean, just from what I have here today, you're going to have a lot to see it in my booth at SHOT Show. Well, I don't, I don't doubt that in the least bit. You know, it, it's still a, a staggering uh, amount of innovation that you have pulled off in a year where you're essentially... Uh, beside yourself with chaos and uh, disorder, uh, just in structuring a move of that magnitude. Yeah, it, it, um, it was definitely a trying time, but uh, uh, I truly believe we were better for that, it. And, and even on top of a move, you split what was essentially uh, uh, an intertwined company into its two constituent pieces. Well, that happened in 2010. We split Mega, Mega Machine Shop from Mega Arms in 2010, but the actual splitting of facilitation yeah. it was just this year. So, uh, well, were they the all, undertaking. Were they all sad to see you go, the guys over there at the Mega yeah, Machine? We still had one Christmas party, and uh, <laughs> even though we haven't seen all each other in, in two months, that we had, we still had a ball. Outstanding. Well, Jason, tell us what booth are you guys going to be at? We are in booth. Uh, we are upstairs this year. We're no longer downstairs. Uh, we are up in the law enforcement ballrooms 
uh, in the center ballroom. We're booth number 31,000. So I'll be there with bells on. Well, I'm going to have to bring a video camera to see that. <laughs> you know me, you'll come by and there'll be like 10 people in line and you come Absolutely. by and you wave at me and then you're like, when you have a minute, <laughs> Shacho kind of takes over. Once once you get off the plane, Shacho kind of takes over as its own entity at that point. It absolutely does. Do you have any other partners that you've been working with that you're excited to see what they bring to the booth? Yeah, absolutely. We've uh, In 2014, we paired with another uh, outfit by the name of Grey Ghost Precision. Uh, Grey Ghost Precision is a a child of Grey Ghost Gear and Tactical Tailor. Uh, what they've done is, you know, early in 2014, uh, um, the Mega Arms owner and myself and the owner of Tactical Taylor, um, Casey Ingalls, we sat down and literally mapped out what he wanted to see in a weapon on a, on a bar napkin. I mean, and basically I brought it back in and, 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 and showed him basically what we can do here at Mega Arms from a weapon standpoint. And, uh, as things progressed and their federal firearms license progressed, uh, well, I, I was able to put forth uh, a, a, a really, really, really outstanding uh, two a uh, couple lines of rifles. They have their a Spectre Heavy, which is their 308 line, and they have their Spectre Light, which is their 556 line. Both are extremely accurate, extremely reliable, and extremely accessible. I think that's the name in the market uh, is accessibility. Um, more of the high-end uh, quality rifles that are out there in the marketplace. Accessibility is, an, is a word that you can't really put next to their product. And what we've given to Grey Ghost Precision is access- accessibility to a product that is, you know, the best that they could possibly put forward. So uh, we're glad to, to be partnered with them, uh, and, and, you know, moving forward in both of our business relationships and at SHOT Show 2015. Well, that sounds like an awesome partnership. So, in this coming year, is it just going to be straight up getting back to business? It is, and I hope it does. It is, and I hope it does. I don't want to hear no machines getting moved <laughs> in. I don't want to hear no break-in procedures, no nothing. I just want to get back to business as usual, and we are. We have been since November. So, uh, again, you're going to find a lot of our products, you know, becoming more readily available uh, through our distributor network. Um, you know, some of the harder to find stuff like our Ma 10 sets and you know, our megalithic Ma 10 stuff, you're going to find it a little bit more easy and readily available. Now, I know the last time we talked, we were just kind of at the cusp of some really, I guess, kind of dire things happening in the, the industry as far as availability of raw materials, jam-ups in the supply side because of this huge demand. Are you guys through that? I mean, are you guys kind of at that just running smooth stage? Is there any lingering effects of that chaotic period in the? No, no, um, no. No, I mean, there's something else that we kind of deal with from time to time is the accessibility of materials. Um, aluminum, we have all our aluminum prices locked in, uh, I believe, for the next few years. So we're able to negotiate, you know, simply because we buy so much tonnage of aluminum uh, on an annual basis. Uh, we were able to negotiate our prices with a few uh, aluminum manufacturers to make sure that we get um, th- those rates throughout the next few years, whether they 
fluctuate or not, those rates are locked in for us. Um, as far as other things like barrels and bulk carrier groups, I've actually have you know uh, one great uh, uh, um, bulk carrier manufacturer that's uh, developing a 308 bulk carrier group specifically for the uh, the, the Spectre heavy line for Grey Ghost Precision. Um, so I'll be able to offer that bolt carry group exclusively for their weapon. So things are a little bit a little bit easier. I mean, it, things aren't quite all the way there yet, but I, I think they're on their way. Well, it sounds like 2015 is going to be a heck of a year for you guys. We are excited, of course, to run into you at SHOT Show and just kind of get some hands-on. And, you know, I've talked at length before about the the quality of the stuff that, that I've seen out there, but now that uh, JW and Sarah are going to go with me, I'll be able to get independent corroboration for my statement. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't wait to show you, I mean, the, the folks and JW and Sarah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see your face when you see our products. You know, I, I can't just say this, and, you know, and, and with all comp, with all confidence, I guarantee you that you'll love what I'm uh, handing you. Awesome. Yeah, we're definitely bringing the video camera along, so we'll have to put something up on YouTube for our listeners to take a look at. I'll be there with bells on. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, I know that you are a busy man, and uh, beginning to get laid out there on the on the West Coast. You're more than welcome to stay on with us as we finish out the show, but if you need to get going, I, I understand. So whatever your preference would be. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I'd love to stay, but uh, my wife's probably going to, uh, you know, have a, a list of things to do for me when I walk in the house. And yeah, it is getting late, but, uh, uh you know, I want to thank you all for having me on, you know, Reed, you're a great dude. And we've, we've, we've contacted each other throughout the year and, uh, I can definitely consider you a friend and, uh, nice to see your face. Nice to hear your voice and can't wait to see you in Vegas. Absolutely. So Jason, have a good night. Thanks for coming and joining us. We really do appreciate you. Thank you. I do appreciate it. Thanks guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that was an outstanding interview, guys. And uh, it looks like uh, we have a little bit of uh, interesting business to tend to now. We so we've got this a- rifle that we've been trying <laughs> to give away. This thing that just sits in Reed's safe. So people save up for months and months to put gear. a build together. And we've got these sponsors that have just poured free gear onto Reed. He's been tinkering. He's put together something that we don't think is going to explode. It hasn't exploded every time I've fired it. Okay. I, I, maybe that's the concern. I mean, maybe they they don't trust the gun. They think that they're, you're going to send them something that's, I don't know. Well, I tell you what. We've drawn a new name, and the name is Hunter Carr. Hunter Carr. A-R-R. Now, that sounds a lot like a made-up name, so I'm just hoping to God that there is, in fact, really... <laughs> A hunter car out there. Hunter car sounds like a true American name to me. Yeah, hunter car does exist on LinkedIn, at least. Hunter, if you exist, and Hunter, if you are still listening to the show, or if you will even acknowledge our email and not put it into your spam, and <sighs> this rifle is yours. And really, if you don't want it, you can let me know that you would like me to claim it for you. And I'll... Hey. Uh, all right, now Hunter, if you don't want it, we'll go on to the next winner. I did. I have think the third one's the charm. I think we got a winner I, here. I hope so. Hunter Carr, C A R R. We will be sending you an email. The rifle is yours if you respond in 30 days. And so, 
ladies and gentlemen, mark your calendars. The clock starts now. On February 12th, 2015. If Hunter Carr has not corresponded with me, then we will officially be the worst product giveaway people ever. <laughs> and it's by no fault of my own. Anyways, so uh, Hunter, uh, there you go. Well, now we have some feedback. And we're going to start with some speak pipe feedback. Okay, I think this I is so cool. Know, We've gotten a couple of these lately, and I just want to encourage everybody out there to give it a try. Um, seems like everybody's been able to get it done. They don't sound too nervous on the phone. Yep. I know it's a big, big, scary, popular podcast, but people have been making it happen, and it's really great to hear from the listeners. So For sure. Give it all a try. Right. So here we go. And if you can't hear it very well, this is all Anthony's fault. I did. Hey guys, this is Shane's dad. I had a quick question about uh, placement of a weapon-mounted light. Uh, I've got a, uh, a carbine that has the A2 front sight post. Um, I'm using MOE handguards. I picked up at a gun show one of those little bits of uh, um, Picatinny rail that you can clamp on both sides of your front sight post, the A2 front sight post. Uh, before I put that thing on there, mount a light on it, and uh, fire that thing, I wanted to know if anybody's had any experience with with that or has seen that, and is the added weight with the torsion, uh, the little bit of lever action and the torsion that's going to cause when the weapon fires with a with a with a heavy light on there, is that going to kind of warp that uh, or knock that uh, eight front sight base, a two front sight base out of alignment? I just don't want to kind of goof up the, the gas port because um, the rifle's running fine now and uh, I don't want to cause a problem by just throwing a light on there with that uh, piece of Picatinny rail. So any thoughts uh, would be appreciated. Thanks for the show. Thanks for doing what you do. Uh, thanks for keeping us entertained and thanks for keeping Anthony on a leash. That guy's nuts. Catch you guys later. So, yeah. I've got an answer for this one, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, and give an answer. And uh, I got some thoughts. AW, too, so I want you to follow up. Yep. So here's my thought. I think first and foremost, you're going to want to look and make sure that it is a pinned A2 uh, front side base. If it's pinned, I don't think that there's any chance that having a you know front side base mounted piece of Picatinny rail is, is going to be impacted by the weight of a flashlight. Yeah, now, for sure. if it is clamped, if there is any kind of a screw, set screw, tightening screw, clamped screw, anything like that, I think you might be in some trouble. But if it's a standard uh, A2 front side base, it's pinned. There's just no other way for it to be a standard A2 front side base. Yeah, you might as well throw a bayonet on there while you're at it. Absolutely. <laughs> that is a good point. I guess my tendency would be um, to avoid kind of obstructing that because the whole the whole point of that front sight base is to use it as a sighting mechanism, and so anything that's going to obstruct your field of view, I think, is going to kind of detract from what you're trying to accomplish. And so I think there's some other alternatives for mounting that light. Um, you got an MOE handguard, which is awesome. Um, I really like those. I think they're a great option, especially without having to change um, to like a 
free-floating rail. It's it's a real easy change-out. Um, there's a whole bunch of accessories for them, especially because they're the same spec as M-Lock. And so with everybody coming up with M-Lock stuff, that's going to drop right into your MOE handguard. Um, so, I mean, it depends on what kind of light you have. It sounds like you probably have one with a Picatinny adapter. So I just looked for the MOE uh, Picatinny cantilever rail, so something that kind of pokes forward a little bit. It's under $8. So I, w- I wouldn't say um, it's going to break the bank to throw a piece like that on the front of your handguard. And the cool thing about the MOE ones is that they're almost at an angle on the sides there on the top. And right. so it's a real ergonomic position for the flashlight, so you can activate it with your thumb. That, that's a good point. And, you know, really when you think about it, the, the Picatinny rail piece is probably at a similar price point, so you're really not giving up all that much by going for one and for going the other. So Shane's dad, I hope that answers your question, and uh, I hope that encourages the rest of you all to go to the website and leave us a piece of... Uh, spoken feedback. We've got some other feedback we're holding for our next series of shows so that we can get it out to you in sequence so that you all can uh, uh, enjoy it but out of time because, you know, frankly, we may never hear from anybody on SpeakPipe again and we're enjoying this extra special treat. We've been getting feedback through uh, Facebook quite a bit, too. Yeah. So who wants to cover this next one? We got a, an announcement here from Ben W. on Facebook. Um, he ten, sends us a link to a Facebook announcement that was put up by Magpul about their new rear elevation adjustable iron sight. Have you guys had a chance to look at that yet? Yeah, it looks like it gives you kind of a similar capability as the like the old school M16s like Reed loves so much, mm-hmm. um, where you can just kind of click in the range and it gives you some big old numbers. Hey, I want to shoot 200 meters. I want to shoot. 600 meters, and you can just click it right in. Well, I will go so far as to say that back when I was dealing with those adjustable rear sights, it was less about getting out to range and more about uh, adjusting for different conditions. Yeah, so that I mean that was a great. We definitely appreciate that uh, piece of feedback coming in there, uh, Ben. So anytime you guys see new um, items that are being announced out there. If we haven't already gotten the uh, the inside scoop from our from our contacts, please make sure you post them up there to us on our Facebook page, and we'll make sure to pass them out to the rest of our listeners. We've got uh, the next piece we've got here comes from Jared T, and he was uh, working with a bad lever and did not uh, quite fit the bolt catch there. He says so, and he says his Dremel uh, skill level is uh, beginning level one. So this will be apparently one of his very first projects, and so he uses a little That's sanding. That's advanced enough level to take it onto your to apply it to your rifle. Let me tell you. Oh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I don't know. My drum is probably going to stay in the case when it comes to my rifle. Um, he's a little bit braver than I would be, but uh, we've got some pics in the show notes here, guys, uh, from what he did, and it, it looks like it made it fit just quite fine. So his bad lever went on there really well. We got it before and after, and. Um, looks like the lever went on just great, so that was good. And the last piece of feedback we got from Facebook is from um, Vanta. Uh, Vanta writes in and says, "Great show as always. Thanks to the work you put into it on every week." So we appreciate that feedback as well. Always glad to hear from you guys. Now wait a minute. That's not all there was. Who was it was calling me out the other day saying that uh, uh, you need to go in three guns so you can prove that your uh, minute of barn is going to come back and. Bite me in the rear or something? I, I can't remember exactly how that, that 
Well, yeah, Anthony was talking about our, our recent interview with the three-gunner, and uh, some listeners were thinking that he, he got to go out and show you up. Um, I was, yeah, I was trying to be nice and and not really get read, like... <laughs> all worked up about up. stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And no, that's we, we do right. get all kinds of we get all kinds of uh, comments on the posts that we're putting up and, and all kinds of good stuff. So we do get some wonderful feedback from you guys just that way. And I won't you know necessarily put everything in the show notes if unless Reed asks me to, then of course I will. <laughs> but um, you know we, we we're trying to keep it. Um, if you guys want to get in the show notes, uh, send us a post to the page or send us a direct message uh, over Facebook or uh, post something with the. Uh, uh, of course, we'll cover this at the end of the show, but the AR15 podcast hashtag. Over on uh, Instagram, so we'll find those too. So uh, that's, those are some good ways if you want to get your your uh, rifle shared or a little event that you've uh, got going um, with your rifle or something like that. Something you've done that is fun. Put that uh, information over into your uh, uh, over into Facebook and send that to us. Well, that sounds pretty darn awesome. So, what else do we have by way of follow up? I think that's it, guys. I do want to reiterate to the listeners that we are going to have a listener meet and greet. Now, of course, JW and Sarah are going to be there because it's obligatory for staff. Anthony uh, is not because, well... I'm not staff. Be able to, well, no, you're staff. You just won't be there in Vegas. So. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe we'll get a, a mobile hotspot going. We'll do a little hangout from the... Yeah. Oh, there, there you go. Yeah. Well, Anthony, you're going to be holding down the home front, aren't you? Making sure yes. that a podcast podcast goes out on Monday, and that's right. Uh, we have uh, someone to touch base with, so we can uh, get good content up on Facebook. That's right. That's right. So you guys just media. make sure you send make sure you send me text me those pictures, and if you grab a phone interview or something like that, if you guys don't have time to get it up, just uh, you know send that my way, and we're, we're going to get some good stuff out from Shad. You guys, I think, will be uh, pleased. So make sure you stay tuned. I'm expecting 20 to 30 gigabytes of video per day, so it's going straight to your inbox. Straight to my inbox. All right, Google can handle it, man. <laughs> Send it to the cloud. That's right. That's a really weird voice I was using there. I don't know why, but oh well. I don't know, but I think you got to stop it. We'll probably get some hate mail for it. But <laughs> right. It's, well, you guys better rein me in. Control me, Reed. Control me. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> your your shock collar's on the way. I just have to figure out how to remotely execute it through uh, the internet. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we so do have a lot, lot of little things that'll be coming up here soon. But uh, yeah. How's you your first time? How'd yeah. You like? well, how'd it go? It was fine. I I couldn't speak loud enough. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, it was it was nice to uh, hear from someone actually uh, in the gun industry. Um, usually, I'm just watching YouTube over JW's shoulder, but yeah, I'm excited for next week at Shot Show. Uh, I'll be meeting a lot more people and filming JW, interviewing them. So definitely looking forward to it. I've never been to Vegas as well, so that's a perk. Oh, well, I don't know. It's uh, it's a hotbed of sin and decadence, and uh, you, you may never come back. <laughs> you see, here's the thing that I want to know. So, Sarah, when you say that this is your first time to see someone from the gun industry, you don't look at your husband and, and the man that podcasts on a routine basis and inspires and informs the masses about things gun and gun-related as being someone in the gun industry? Well, that's a pretty heavy description. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Sarah, I won't, I won't hold, you, hold you to an answer for that. But Yeah, around, not... around the office, we both work in the same office. Around the office, I'm the guy who likes the guns. <laughs> Actually, to everyone we know, he's the guy that likes guns. Well, you see, well, you guys need to go a little bit further north where my relatives are. Up there, guns are just the way that they spend an afternoon. It's not that they like or dislike. Yeah, I agree. It was a, a great interview, and I'm definitely looking forward to checking out his booth. Well, absolutely. I think you guys will be thrilled to see the stuff that uh, Mega Arms puts out. It's really great stuff, and I'm sure that the uh, the, the listeners would appreciate uh, a uh, another perspective so they don't think that I'm... Uh, a, uh, a page chill or something. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right, let's uh, let's leave this out here, um, right. guys. Please send us any questions or comments to feedback at ar15podcast.com. Like we said, we love it when you leave us a recorded voicemail using the SpeakPipe plugin. That shows up on the right hand side of the AR15 Podcast website when you visit. Please sub- subscribe and listen to us for free, either in iTunes or on Stitcher and. Leave us a review there so that the show gets placed higher in searches so that potential listeners can find us. Share your pictures with us on Flickr at flickr.com slash groups slash black rifle or follow us on Instagram at instagram.com slash ar15podcast and tag your pictures with hashtag ar15podcast. Follow us on Google Plus where you can watch us live Monday nights at googleplus.com slash that's a that's a nasty URL. I'm not even know. That's the Google Plus ones always do it. It's plus.google.com forward slash plus sign AR15 podcast. People, okay. Are or you just searching Yeah, yeah. Or just check us out on our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash c slash AR15 podcast. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash AR15 podcast. That was easy. And make sure you check out some of the other great podcasts on the Firearms Radio Network. I know I've been listening to the Precision Radio or the Precision Rifle uh, podcast. They just had an awesome show with some guys that really have the math down. Um, so check them out. When you're shopping for AR15 parts, please visit our Brownells affiliate link, ar15podcast.com/parts. And when you're shopping for anything else, like kitty litter or double-A batteries, or anything like that, uh, use the Amazon affiliate link over at firearmsradio.tv slash Amazon. Well, guys, Sarah, thank you for joining us. And until next week when Anthony takes over and does his own solo show, because we're all on our way. You guys know what that means. for that show, Anthony. I know. They're already talking to me. Matter of fact, they're talking right now. Well, with that, we're going to let you guys go. Everybody have a great week. We'll see you at SHOT. Have a good night. See you soon. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.